Amen. So if you'd like to take a seat. Thanks. Okay, so my name is Debs, and I'm on the staff team here at St. Jude's, and I'm just going to bring us our reading this morning, which is from Luke chapter 1, and can be found on page 1025 of the Church Bibles. So Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God. Sorry, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right. So today, as Neil said, we're thinking about Mary's yes. And I'm really excited about this passage. I just think there is so much that we can learn from it. And I'm sure those of us who've been Christians for years are really familiar with this passage. And maybe even those of you who haven't been Christians for years are fairly familiar with it through school nativity plays and things like that. But I think either way, there is lots that we can learn. Mary was asked to do a pretty amazing job. Her calling from God was great indeed. And her yes can teach us many things. So I want to look at this this morning through our vision. So can anyone remember the three bits? It starts off, make Jesus the heart of South Sea by, right, what do we need to do? Anybody? Offering hope is one of them, good. Growing faith and sharing God's love, fantastic. So we have got making Jesus the heart of South Sea by growing faith, offering hope, and sharing God's love. So firstly, let's think about how can Mary's yes help us in growing our own faith? Well, it is such an amazing example of faith. Mary was only young 
she may only have been 12 or 14. She wasn't married. She was engaged, but she wasn't yet married. She was a young girl, but she loved God, and God knew that. So the angel said to Mary, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And despite being told that she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and when I was thinking about that, I thought, well, goodness me, she, did, she wouldn't know what that meant. I mean, we know now, but you know, she was just young, being told that you were going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But her response was, may your word to me be fulfilled. That is incredible faith. I wonder, can you remember a time when your answer to God has been that full of faith? I can think of plenty of times for me when it hasn't been, when I've argued or I've questioned what it is to which I'm being called. Years ago, when Neil was called to ordination, he was told, he was asked to leave his partnership as a vet and to step into being a student again. We had to move from Hampshire to Cambridge for two years for him to study and we didn't know where we were going to end up. And at the time, I found that quite hard because I was very happy with my life then. I was very comfortable and, I, and we were very settled. But oh my, how glad am I that we said yes. I love our life now. And I've seen so many things that had we stayed, I might not have seen. So in saying yes, my own faith has grown. I learned to trust God, not just for me, but for our children as well. Before that, there was a time when my nephew lived with us while my sister studied abroad. And he was seven when he came to us. He was a year older than our eldest daughter. Actually, he's still a year older than our eldest daughter. But and I knew that it was the right thing to do. I knew that God was asking us to look after him for a couple of years. But golly, did I find it hard for so many reasons. And most of them are actually quite selfish. But during those two years, I learned to really depend on Jesus. Despite the messiness of my life, I knew an inner peace that could only have come from him. And so during that time, my faith grew. More recently, during tough times, I've had to really trust Jesus for our future. I've had to choose to say yes to things, not knowing the outcome, but choosing to trust in him. And I think faith is a bit like a muscle. If you don't use it, all the strength and power will be lost. It's like if you break a bone and you end up being in plaster, the muscle fades, you know, well, shrinks a little bit, doesn't it? And it gets really weak. So that then when the plaster is taken off, you have to do a whole load of exercises to build up that strength again. And I think faith is like that. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. People have said to me, oh, I wish I could have faith like yours. And my response is, well, you can. I'm not anybody special. I choose to grow my faith. It's not always easy, and it does mean stepping out of my comfort zone, comfort zone, but it is so worth it. So let's say yes to growing faith. But how do we? How do we grow our faith? Well, I think there's a number of ways that we can do it, and one of them, I think, is by encouraging one another. 
So if you're not in a small group, not in a life group, maybe this is the time to think about joining one. Because you can pray for one another and you can see answered prayer. Share those testimonies of answered prayer together and celebrate them. And then ask God for opportunities to grow your faith. And then be prepared to say yes when those opportunities arise because he will lead you in small steps so you can practice your faith. Read the Bible for examples of faith. Hebrews 11 is a great chapter with which to start. Or read Christian books with examples of testimony, people's testimonies or their answered prayer. But the most important thing is to trust God and to say yes when he asks you to do something. Because the more that you're able to listen and trust and obey, the more your faith will grow. It's not always easy, but it is so worth it. Hebrews 11 says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then Paul encourages us in 2 Corinthians when he writes, for we live by faith and not by sight. So let's actively seek to grow in faith. The second part of our vision is offering hope. So verses 31 to 33 again say, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What a prophecy. Imagine being told that about the child that you're about to have. This baby will be the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus, the hope of the nations. Mary would have known the scriptures and prophecies about the Messiah and she would know that in him was the hope for the Jews. It's an incredible promise from the angel, a huge promise. Yet Mary believed that this hope was real. This baby was to bring hope into the world. And today, Jesus is still bringing that hope. I really don't know how people do life without Jesus. I didn't become a Christian till I was 30. And sometimes I think, how did I survive those first 30 years? I mean, I kind of did okay, but I also made an awful lot of a mess. And how much better is life now that I know Jesus, now that I know the hope that I have in him? And then during tough times as well, how do people cope without him? I know there have been times in my life where I have just been clinging on with, you know, by my fingernails to that hope that I know in him. I had to believe that he was with me in the midst of that trauma because without him, there was nothing. I know where I am going. I know that I am loved. I know that I am precious and I am the apple of his eye. This is my certain hope. And so we, as followers, as followers of Jesus, are called to offer that hope to other people. And it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for the whole of your life or if you've known Jesus only for a few years, or maybe you're the, at the beginning of your journey in following him, you still have hope to offer, and we need to be ready to speak of that hope. Peter wrote, 
in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So we need to be ready to give an answer for that hope. So some of you may remember that some time ago we thought about our 100-word stories so that we were ready to share with others how Jesus has changed our life. So the first bit of your story is about what life was like before you knew Jesus. The second bit of your story is how you met Jesus. And the third bit of your story is how your life has been transformed since you've started following him. And the great thing is that we will all have different stories because we are all different people. And no one can argue with your story because it's your story. It's your experience. So the idea is that with this little story, you can tell your story in less than two minutes. And then people will ask follow-up questions if they want to know more. So maybe if you haven't actually thought about your story yet, it's worth thinking, what is your story? Because now could be the time that you get to share it. I mean, we've got Christmas coming up, haven't we? Loads of people will actually be thinking maybe a little bit about what this means. So be ready to talk about the hope that you have, the difference that Jesus has made in your lives. Maybe you can invite people to some of the events that we've got going on here so that you can talk about the hope that you have in Jesus. Perhaps invite a friend to create for Christmas later this week. I mean, what a lovely idea to sit chatting to somebody as you make your wreath, your Christmas wreath together. Or maybe meet up with a friend or two and discuss your stories and then practice them with each other. And be encouraged by the many ways that Jesus is still at work in this world through individuals like you and me. I love that I have my 100-word story in my head now because it means that because I've been spent some time thinking about it, I'm far more ready to be able to articulate it and to talk to people about why I follow Jesus, why I have that hope, why I believe and trust in him. And I know that my life has changed and I long for other people to have changed lives too. So growing faith and offering hope. And finally, we look at sharing God's love. I'm just going to go back to that for a minute before we get to it. So, yeah. So sharing God's love. I guess Mary shared God's love in a fairly dramatic way in that she had to share her son with the world. God's love in his son in the world, the ultimate expression of God's love. A lot of people really love babies, don't they? Think of the excitement when a new baby is born into a family. And often we all come together to share that love. And of course, Jesus was no ordinary baby. Mary knew that he would be great. He would be called the son of the most high. He was born in order for God to show how much he loves this world, and that's you and me. Everyone who has ever lived and everyone who will live, this is God's world and he loves it. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And of course, Mary, she'd had all these promises and then the shepherds came and then the wise men came 
She, when she took him to the temple, she had Simeon and Anna, all those things. It says later on, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I expect she held on to those things when she saw her son being crucified on that first Good Friday. She was holding on to that hope. So how can we share God's love with those around us? Now, as many of you know, I'm chaplain to Portsmouth Women's Football Club, and I'm there to offer pastoral and spiritual support to anyone in the club who, would, who needs it, whether they have faith or they don't have any faith. So I've been able to come alongside the players and the members of staff and get to know them, but also to show God's love to them. Sometimes that's in practical ways, like making brownies for match days, which they do appreciate. But also, it's by listening to them, giving them time to talk. Many people in our world today don't have anyone who cares enough about them to give them time to talk so that they can really work out what's going on in their heads. And many people today are suffering with anxiety and stress which affects their daily lives. Recently, one of the players was struggling with criticism and negative comments in her workplace. They weren't actually justified in any way because they were customers who were venting their frustrations about rising costs and the cost of living and all of that sort of stuff. But because this girl was struggling with other stuff that was going on in her life, she wasn't able to deal with that negativity in her life and that criticism. I was praying for her the following morning and into my head came the armour of God and I thought about the shield. So I don't know, well she's not a Christian and I don't know where she is if she has any level of faith at all. But anyway, I sent her a message telling her about the armour and I told her about the shield and how I was picturing her holding up the shield at work and deflecting all those um, criticisms and that negativity that was coming her way. She messaged me later on that day when she got back from work to tell me that she really liked that picture and it had really helped her and she had had a much better day at work. So maybe... Maybe she knows just a little bit more about God's love because I was willing to share that picture with her. Then last week, another, me- another player messaged me and asked me if we could chat. So at training, we walked around the pitch and chatted. We probably went around about five times, I think, because she just needed to pour out all her worries and concerns. And one of the things that she said was that she doesn't really feel loved. And she's not sure that she's ever really been loved. Because for whatever reason, her family life hasn't been easy and um, neither of her parents have really been able to show her love that she's really known. And now what's happening is, is all of that uncertainty and that not feeling loved is all coming out in her not looking after herself so she's not eating properly and she's not sleeping properly and she's... You know, just making a little bit of a, a mess of her life at the moment. And as, as she talked, I could just feel the Spirit just nudging me to tell her that she is worthy of being loved. So I asked her if I could tell her what I believe. And I was able to tell her that I believe that Jesus loves her. 
I believe that she is pressured, precious and valued. I believe that she is worthy of being loved. Now, I don't know what she's going to do with that bit of information. I pray that a seed will have been sown. I pray that she heard that she is loved. And I pray also that she'll keep talking to me so that we can talk a bit more about God's love for her. And I might never know what the outcome is. And that's okay. But I want to share God's love with her. And there are so many people in our world who don't know that love, who feel worthless and undervalued. And yet Jesus died for every single one of us. So let's find ways to share that love because it's too good to keep to ourselves. So we need to be practical about sharing God's love and we need to be bold. Perhaps you have a friend or a neighbour who you could invite to our next Alpha course. Neil mentioned it. It's starting in January. But it's such a good opportunity for people to find out about Jesus. And it's the sort of course that works better the more people who attend. So get praying now about who you might invite. And then, of course, we've got Christmas coming up as well, and we've got loads of things going on here. So maybe invite people to those so that we can be ready to talk about God and his love and the hope that we have so that we can be ready to talk about, well, why are we here? Why are we here on a Sunday morning? And why are we celebrating the birth of a baby to a virgin 2,000 years ago? Because Mary said yes to God. And through her yes, faith grew. Hope was offered to the world. And God's love can be shared with everyone. So let's go out from here, ready to follow Mary's example of obedience. Let's say yes to God and make Jesus the heart of South Sea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son. Thank you that he came into this world as a sign of your love for us. Help us to know that love deep in our hearts and help us to be ready to share it. Help us to be ready to offer hope to those around us. Help us to be obedient, Lord, to say yes to you so that our faith might grow. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Lovely. So if the band could come up and we could sing our final song. Thank you.